Welcome to Keepers of the Monster Guild. I am Cole. I use any pronouns as long as you're talking about me. That's all I need to be happy. And I'm Matcha. I use she, her pronouns. We're two ADHD field nerds who enjoy tabletop RPGs and wanted to talk about it. I feel like we're so awkward today. It's happy. It's not good. Because I, I, this, this feels very much like that part in the interview where you're trying to be like, so what qualifications do you have? And you're just like... Tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, it's like, no, I won't actually. No. I no. refuse and want to die now. Yeah. We're really bad at intros because they make us feel super awkward and it's fine. But yeah, we just wanted to have a little episode for you guys to get to know us a little bit. Talk about why you should listen to us. Uh, get you invested in our personalities because we're awesome people. Big true, big true. So, and we just wanted to talk a little bit about why we're making the podcast as well. Yeah. So, Matcha, how long have you been playing tabletop RPGs? Oh gosh, I think I started. I started like 2018. How many years is that? Uh, about five years ago. That sounds right. We'll say that. Yeah. So I started playing about five years ago. I've been a big, like, video game person for much longer than that, but. I got into TTRPGs through Pathfinder 2, which, honestly, really hard one to get started on, but... Pathfinder is very, very, like, stat-heavy in a way that 5th Edition's mm -hmm. kind of moved away from a little bit, but people want to kind of yeah. bring back. I think, like, one of the strengths with Pathfinder is the action economy in it is much better. Mm. Like, the, yes. the versatility of spells in Pathfinder is something I absolutely adore, so... But how about you? How long have you been playing tabletop RPGs? I started playing about 2013 before I graduated high school. That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, I've been in an, I haven't, so I've been playing for a long time. I don't think I've finished a single campaign. I think that's a D&D &D experience for most people. Unfortunately, groups. Even ones that like I myself have DM'd. Yeah. They just fall apart. <laughs> it's really sad how common that is, but Scheduling, especially with adults, is just so terribly difficult. Scheduling with anyone is hard, but like adults especially, it's just like no one has a consistent schedule. Mm -hmm. And if they do, it's always the exact opposite of your consistent schedule. Yep. Always, always. Or something changes mm, and yes. ruins it all. <laughs> what was your first campaign that you ever played? So my first campaign was technically in 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons, which I know people hate. Uh, I think it's a great intro to D&D because it simplifies everything. It makes it very, very similar to a video game. And so it's a great way to get into D&D. It's not great for long-term campaigns because it is very combat-focused and not there's like yeah. no RP in it whatsoever. Uh, however, it wasn't even like a standard 4th edition game. We, My dungeon master was... I was working in a movie theater at the time when I was 16, 17. And there, one of the other work employees there was like, hey, have you heard about this game called Dungeons & Dragons? Like, I have heard about mm -hmm. it. I haven't, don't, ha don't have friends to play with, though. He's like, all yeah. right, cool. I'm making a Pokemon version. Do you want to come play with me? I was like, fuck yeah. That's kind of cool, honestly, though. Who doesn't want to play Pokemon D&D? What about you? What was your first campaign you were in? So I played Pathfinder 2, and I was a ranger, and I didn't understand how role-playing worked, so I was super awkward the whole time. I could not understand how to make my character sheet. It was such a mess. Like, I sent the poor DM my character sheet like 12 times being like, is this right? And he's like, no. <laughs> like 12 times. And he put up with that. And I don't remember a lot about it because I wasn't in the group for terribly long. 
but I do remember one scene where we were going to go fight like one of the big bad guys and we were like walking up this these like temple stairs and there were uh bracers right like the the fire yeah. cauldron things whatever Bracer, yeah. and every single time someone saw those they were called braziers and we all <laughs> laughed really hard that's like all i remember from that that's ranger is a bold choice for your first oh it was though. a poor choice it was a poor choice especially in like pathfinder like rangers yeah. are bad in fifth edition if you're not talking with your dm and making sure they're good right Pathfinder, yeah. I feel like it's almost impossible to make a good ranger. Yeah, no, it was a mistake. I should have played something much more simple to start. And like, like I said, I didn't, I didn't know the people super well either. And so, like, role playing was really awkward because, I mean, tabletop RPGs are inherently kind of vulnerable, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, when you're, you're first starting and you don't know the people, and they all seem to have their shit together, and you don't. So it was weird. My next campaign was so much better, but that's good. We all start somewhere, right? Not <laughs> as cool as uh, Pokemon Apocalypse, unfortunately. I will say that did kind of set the bar high for my expectations. In the next few games I joined, I'm like, oh, this is boring. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. No, sometimes they are though. It, it really depends on the DM. When you find a good DM, you follow them. Don't let them leave. That sounds stalkerish, but you know what I mean. I have always. Uh, I got to the point where I started like running my own games just because I wanted to be able to play in any capacity. Mm-hmm. And I had friends who were interested, but no one wanted to like learn the rules. I'm just like, well, I'm already good at learning rules. So I'll just learn the rules and keep you all on track and I can yep. make things happen. I'll and tell honestly, you yes or no if you can do it. Pretty much. And honestly, like uh, modules are really easy to run. So you just have to like yeah. read ahead a little bit and you'll be fine. I never have liked running modules personally. They, they feel too static and usually too combat heavy. I I tend to be fr- prefer a much more role play heavy experience, and so, like when I'm thinking about combats, especially in like terms of this podcast, I'm always thinking of it from like a narrative perspective. How can this encounter make it better? And that's like been a really fun change to see in role playing games because like back when uh. AD and D came out and stuff like that. It was more. It was supposed to be basically just a variation of a war game. I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly what. I remember reading some Gary Gygax like history of D and D thing a long time ago, and it started off as just like uh, Warhammer esque almost, mm-hmm. where it's just like a bunch of figures and you're just like running war games on it. And then over time, it's becoming more and more role play focused and role play heavy, and combats are less introduced if they're not if they're just like there for a combat purpose. Mm-hmm. They tend to have a narrative story-driven purpose. I feel like in most modules, though, they sometimes they're just placed in to have a bit of action. Sometimes. Because that's, that's the expectation, I feel like, for a lot of people. I will say for, like, uh, the one I ran recently, or not, the one I was in recently was, uh, oh, Descent into Avernus, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, like, every combat in there kind of gives you hints of, like, what's going to happen next, or, like, oh. what, like, the next, like, big little, like, group of mob type of thing you're fight, fighting is yeah. so they're really good about that or like hinting at like what's upcoming mm-hmm. i think i just have a predisposition oh absolutely homebrews i have such a soft spot because like the person who i'm going to be playing another game with like he's just such an excellent dm and 
it's so combat light, but when you do have it, like, they're so unique and playful and interesting. Like, we fought a giant cake in the Fey once, the Fey Wilds, and that was ridiculous and beautiful and fantastic. It was so fun. But, like, it, it was tied to the story, and it made the characters really invested in it. And that's what I enjoy during, like, the combats and stuff. Just adding more lore through monsters, which lore hey, is that's good. the podcast. That is why we kind of started about this. Lore spot, like who doesn't like learning things? I mean, mm -hmm. most people probably, but ADHD well, people love it though. It's fine. Yeah, like there's something very. I was talking about this a while ago. I mentioned it to you a few times, but it's like I really enjoy just looking at Wikipedia yeah. things for stuff. Like I started playing, uh, like I started reading, uh, Mistborn stuff. Brandon Sanderson, so I was like read through there sometimes. I started playing Genshin, I started looking at like, the Genshin wikis to look at lore and stuff. It's like mm -hmm. I actually enjoy getting this like factual knowledge of things. Well, it's the worlds that are being built by these people, you know, the, the thought and care that goes into it and the depth of it has always been really fascinating to me, too. Like, you're talking about the Cosmere, which I could rant for hours and, and, and know that I have and I will happily again, but I, I think there's so much magic to that to me like it it's just so fascinating and so when you're thinking about like tabletop rpgs and their lore i mean there's so many systems out there and they're tied to so many bigger things like mythology religions stuff like that it's it's fascinating to me and so why not talk about it on a podcast right why not at the very least we'll have fun so what's been like the favorite character you played? I know, I think, I feel like I know this one. You know, you know this one. You know this one because I've talked about her before. Uh, my favorite character I've ever played was named Meadow Oakland. She was a druid of Spore's gnome. She was, basically her whole story was she went into a forest. She ate some mushrooms. She went on this really wild trip and she basically got taken over by the mushroom spores and she was like impulsively like she would just spread them wherever she went she would just go plant them in random places and she didn't understand that these spores were dangerous like they could destroy towns because they would like overgrow so quickly and they had weird like mind control attributes to them so like if she healed someone with them they instantly got telepathy even if the other person didn't want it and it was like you couldn't censor it either so you would just hear every single one of their thoughts and it would go both ways and so it led to some like really crazy fun interactions and the dm just let me go wild with it i'm actually planning to play another druid of spores um so i'm really excited for that it's, it's just such a fun class so i but, feel like that answers of next question i'm gonna have like what's your favorite class for dungeons and dragons yeah druid. druids they're so fun. They are. They are. I've played them the most. I don't like know. You get a little bit of, you get spellcasting, you get to be tanky, you get to be supportive, you get to shape, and you get to transform into animals. Every they, time I tried to transform into animals, it went poorly. I rolled really bad every single time I've done it. I tried to be a cat. Didn't it end up looking like a cat? Or I looked like a cat, but it was really bad at acting like a cat. You know, that's... So they saw through it, and then, yeah. Like, so I never really get to use that because I'm really bad at rolling. How about you? What's been your favorite character, your favorite class? I cannot name a single favorite character per se. Because I, I, I'm the person who like just in my spare time will just create characters yeah. just for fun. Uh, because it's like there's like always fun stories to be told. 
Mm-hmm. But I do have a predisposition for like people who have strong motivations to protect something mm-hmm. and dumb idiot boys. Combine the two and it's fabulous. Pretty much. I had uh there's one character I made who started off as a warforged uh he was a custom class that the DM made for me called the Guardian, where he just had mm. a big shield and his entire kit was based around just like making his making him be very defensive and tanky and being a nice little yeah. like, protector of allies. Uh, very like Reinhardt almost from Overwatch, where like he got an ability like that it. made his shield like expend be, extend uh, past him to give his like teammates behind him cover. That's cool. And then he ended up, he ended up multiclassing into sorcerer, like a wild magic sorcerer, because he had some brain missing in the back of his head. Uh, I mean, yeah. poor buddy. Or I make like a, I'll make a, like a fire domain cleric who is just a mm-hmm. big blacksmith himbo guy who just wants to have friends. I like your characters. I just, I just like like little idiots who just like are dumb, but also just like very cute and wholesome. Yeah, mine tend to be very impulsive and chaotic more I mean, often yeah. than not. I feel like I enjoy playing dumb characters because then I have an excuse to one not know things. And mm-hmm. two, like, not necessarily, like, if I give myself a smart character, I'm always worried I'm going to accidentally metagame. Because yep. I know so much about, like, monster, I know so much in the monster manual and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so I want to be like, I don't want to have that opportunity to be like, oh, well, he has an 18 intelligence. Obviously, he yeah. knows that this slime is weak to lightning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the whole metagame thing is a challenge for sure. Because once you know so much about the monsters and the worlds and stuff like that, you can use that to your advantage but it doesn't make sense of your character doesn't which makes i mean that's part of what makes role-playing hard in these systems oh yeah absolutely well it's, it's like Nick, that's something we talk about probably another time but it's like how there if adventuring is common in your world there is a base level of knowledge that most people should have when it comes to monsters like yeah. if trolls are a very common uh issue in your world people should know that fire stops the regeneration yep Similarly, if they're rare, then maybe not. It's just how mm-hmm. it comes down to like how useful it is. And that's something that's very hard to balance as a DM and a player. Mm. Yeah, a good DM can do it pretty well, but well, it's it's hard. It's like, like a good DM will like prompt you, like, yeah, you should know this based on your experience mm. or stuff like that. Or like that's also why I love like downtime in most RPGs, because like it gives you like, yeah, you've in like the nine months that we just didn't really talk about anything, you may have went out and fought, fought a troll or two. We're just not gonna talk about mm. it. Yeah, and I know that some DMs run like cool downtime scenarios where it's like you can sit there, like you can say, I studied martial arts for nine months, and this was, you know, a little montage of that sort I of think, thing. Yeah, especially in uh, D&D, I think downtime is very underused mm-hmm. because there's so much you can do at downtime. Uh, and also it makes it feel less like you guys got together and then in three months you are killing gods. Which is a, that's what every RPG is, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You meet a cat and then you but kill like, a god. Think about Persona, right? Persona has a bunch of downtime in between yeah. major arcs, mm-hmm. and it helps. And you that's where like the charm the is. World. Yeah, that's where the charm is built. I think is is those interactions. It's not all just fighting. It's the the stuff in between. Yeah, absolutely. But, have you so you uh, talk about Pathfinder? Uh, are there mm-hmm. other D and D games you have, or other tabletop RPG games you played? I've done Monster of the Week. We did like this weird 80s horror campaign in it where we all played like very strong, stereotypical like 80s characters. Think of like Breakfast Club. Okay. 
So, like, I was, like, the edgy goth, like, girl. And then someone else was, like, the preppy, like, I cannot picture you're a loser. Edgy goth. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Um, I could do it. But I've done that. I feel like I've run a few other systems, but they've been so few and far between that it's hard to know. Yeah. Um, how about you? What other systems have you played in? Uh, so I've done... 3.5 for D&D, 4th edition, 5th edition. Uh, out of those, my favorite so far has been 5. It's, mm -hmm. it's a nice balance between 3.5 uh, and 4. Mm -hmm. I've done Pathfinder once, which was okay. It felt very it felt very numbers heavy. It's not yeah. my favorite. It's not It's not bad. I know mm -hmm. people are switching to it, but uh, it's, it's probably fine. <laughs> uh, I've done Monster of the Week for like I think two campaigns or not mm -hmm. campaigns, but like two sessions. Sessions. Uh, mm -hmm. I did a year playing Vampire the Masquerade, which is a very fun system. The world, in, the the world setting in there is not my favorite. Cause it's, it's supposed to be yeah. like super dark, gritty. Every anything that like goes bad is awful, and there's like very little good in the world type of thing. Yeah. It's just like, eh, but the the rule system and the mechanics behind those games are amazing because there's no real uh like action you take it's just like you have you have three main stats split like three smaller substats and then you have a big list of like other things you could be proficient in and okay. then every role is a combination of one of those main stats and one of those like uh other things so like if you want to okay. drive a car either in like a race it'd be like dexterity plus uh driving and okay. then it's a d10 system we don't need to get into it <laughs> but it's it's very fun. So you just kind of yeah. like say what you want to do, and then the, your storyteller will be like, "Yeah, here's the roll you need to make. Roll that many dice, and then however many successes okay. is, yeah." That's cool though. It's very there, fun. There's so many interesting ones like that. It's very open ended, and I love that about most of the White Wolf systems. Yeah, they have uh, they have vampires, they have werewolves, they have mages, changelings. Okay. Uh, they have like a hunting one too. I've always wanted to play the uh, Sanderson one. The oh, one. the twin. Yeah, 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 yeah. That looks like it'd be fun. Oh, I feel like we would have a blast on it, and then we would just be meta Cosmere talking <laughs> the whole time. Be great. Have you ever DM'd before? I have DM'd. I DM'd a campaign for a little bit that was like I hosted in my the town I live in. I had a bunch of friends, some I've known for a while, some just joined for that. And that one was like a multi-part campaign. Um, I pulled on a lot of like popular stories to build that. So I did one that was kind of like Breath of the Wild. So there was like Divine Beast puzzles. I shamelessly <laughs> steal and I have no. No, that's 90% that's of being a DM is yeah. shamelessly stealing and your players won't notice. No. And then part of that campaign too, I did like a Princess Mononoke style thing. And that was, I mean, it, it was just fun. They definitely killed the tree god in that because they had no chill. They were very murder hobo group, which I have mixed feelings about because I tend to play a lot more pacifist in my characters. Like, they're chaotic, but they don't like hurting things. So, that I have DM'd that, and then I DM'd a few one-shots here and there. I DM'd a thing with my husband where we did, like, there's, like, a couple system, basically, in D&D where you can, D like, just DM for one person. Yeah. And so we've done that a couple of times. 
I think DMing for me is really hard because I get really anxious about people enjoying what I'm creating <laughs> and like just pretending like they're happy with it and lying to me. But that is just like my shit. That's something that like a lot of DMs struggle with. Yeah. Uh, because it's like it's hard to know if people are having fun or if they're just like lying to you about having mm -hmm. fun. But Which you I would assume... hope people wouldn't do that. <laughs> See, here's my here's what I got. Here's how I got over that. If people weren't having fun, they wouldn't continue to agree to meet up every week to do it. You know. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. they have to yeah. be enjoying it on some level yeah to want to do that for sure and i understand that logically but my logic doesn't <laughs> always win emotionally right no, not at all and i always did a system and this is like one of my favorite things that i did as a dm and i got it from my favorite dm who i i'm going to be playing a game with again yay um, yay um but he did this system where he would ask what your favorite part of the session was and then he would say what was like who role played the best and they would give an inspiration point to whoever role played the best and it was so cool because it was just like a moment to like take notice of like crazy things people did or like really in character things people did so it was like a reward system almost for role playing well Nice. And so, like, it could be the dumbest things that you did. Like, my character, Meadow, she, every session, she would do a drawing of, like, a recap. Because she couldn't read or write. She could just, like, but she liked drawing on. And so she would draw a... Yeah, I think she just never wanted to learn. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. It, it was a beautiful, like, character flaw. Because, like, she would, like, pretend to read something. And she'd definitely be holding it upside down. And then show it to someone upside down. She'd be like, yeah, this does this. And it wouldn't. <laughs> it absolutely wanted it's fabulous but like she would draw the recaps of every session so if someone missed session she would hand that to them and be like here you go nice. and that's all they would get because no one else wanted to recap so that was how i did it and they're they were bad drawings like very in character like i would do it with like chalk basically i say i've seen some of these and like you can't understand a word that's going on there are no words but no. it's just it's chaos though like it looks like there's a spaceship ufo and then there's a giant maybe robot i don't know but like just things like that i like being able to reward moments like that through giving inspiration i thought was really cool and helped me get into character more and so that's something that i've always you know used after i found that system absolutely have you dm'd uh yeah I've DM'd you said you did but yeah I've DM'd a few times. Uh, I didn't for the longest time because I was like you said, I was scared about how people were going to say it. I was like, oh, well, I don't know enough about it. Uh, mm -hmm. I, there's so many rules. I don't know how all the rules work. But like, you don't need to know the rules to DM. You make them up. Oh. So I started DMing yep. when I was in the military in the Navy because we were on deployment for six months in the middle of the ocean. And so we're like, well, I'm going to be fucking bored. Yeah. So I grabbed uh, I grabbed some white bit, uh, some like. I grabbed like a whiteboard and some markers from a Home Depot store that was nearby. He's like, "Hey, I have friends like, hey, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna be playing D and D. Join me." And they did, yeah. and we had fun. Uh, we would like after it'd be like after supper every night. We would play for an, not every night, but like once or twice a week. After supper, we'd go and hang out in our break mm -hmm. area and play for a few hours. It was fun. Uh, after the military, I got went back home to good old North Dakota. Woo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, North Dakotians. Yeah. It's, I'm sorry. You guys suck. Damn. They know. They stay, they, they, they stay there. They really know. Fair enough. Fair enough. No one who stays in North Dakota is fond of North Dakota. And if you are, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. 
they have reasons i'm sure that's fair that's fair. uh that's fair. so i went back home hadn't met a few friends from high school started up a game again where i was dming because i was the one initiating and then from there i was just like if it was either like me or like one other person typically dming okay and just on and off so i've dm'd i think probably at this point more than i've actually played i but... don't envy that i like being a player oh being a player is fun but it also is something very rewarding but like yeah, I could kill you if I wanted to. See, I'm I'm too like I'm such a I don't want to upset people. <laughs> people pleaser. Yeah, and so I'm like I definitely won't ever kill you. You could do the dumbest shit. You could jump off that mountain, and we would See, find a way to make you it's live. Great, because one of my friends, she constantly wanted to try out new characters. She <laughs> she was always okay if I killed off her character. She was like, yeah, yeah, I don't mind. Like I I love them. Don't get me wrong, and I'm attached to them. But if you kill them off, I have 20 more planned behind me. So, like, awesome. Love it. See, I would just find a way to retire the character. Be like, you can play them again if you want. They'll be in town. Making soup or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's why I don't think I'm cut out to be a DM. I think, I think as a player, I fit in really well. I work really good in a group. But when I have to be making all those decisions and, like... Like, I'm decent at improving stuff, but, like, as a DM, there's just so much to think about, and... Quick, come up with the barkeeper's name. Pablo. Pop All right, Pablo the barkeep. The the whole name was Pablo Escobar, and I'm like, that's a drug lord. That's, that's just a real person. <laughs> that's just a real person, Macho. <laughs> this is my problem! Pablo Escobar, canon in Macho's universes. Running his drug cartel out of... The honey spoon in. That there's a whole story right there. See, yep. <laughs> that's that's the problem with how I DM though. It's just like, yep, that's a real person. I'm gonna model this off of a real person. Like, did I definitely DM a campaign with my husband where I named someone? Uh, oh gosh, Marl Karks. Marl Karks, nice. There's something else. Was TikTok. he a communist? Mm hmm. <laughs> I think something fun I've seen on TikTok recently is uh, people giving elves, like, deep southern accents. I love that. Just, I like, love everything imagine about Legolas that. Imagine Legolas being like, oh, honey. <laughs> oh, God. I love that. I love that. I need this. I need to lock, look at that. Lock at that. Ooh. Look at that. I need to look at that. Lock at that. If I see any more, I'll send them to you. But uh... Please do. Please do. I need more of that on my For You page. So, you had other hobbies. I don't know if we want to talk about that or not. I mean, my other hobbies are mostly just video games. Uh, chess, hiking. I'm on day 178 of my daily chess puzzles. Hey, congrats on that. Yeah. I've learned nothing. <laughs> I don't... I got to... I feel like in the last, like, two weeks, people have gotten a lot better as a whole on chess. So I've sort of losing my games more often than winning, and nothing hmm. has changed on my end. Maybe it's just a bad brain week or Maybe. two weeks. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes your brain is just like, nah. It's like, I swear, like, I've lost like 60 to 70% of my games. Like, that should not be happening. Especially the ELO I'm at right yeah. now. I'm like, like 900s. And I was like, I was at 1100 at one point. I feel like every game I play with you is just a war of attrition, and I lose <laughs> it. Except that I one that I won, and I'm still proud of that one. I, yeah, my chess play style is very much just like, I will win a pawn, and then the game is over. Yeah. I win a yeah, pawn, and just... I will trade everything down until I have a one pawn advantage in the end game. 
Yep. And then I'm just like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm just giving up because I don't want to just play his pawns. I'm impatient. My hobbies are reading and video games and apparently making podcasts. You, yeah. You, I asked you to do the, I asked you to like make, make a podcast with me, what, November ish? It took me a while to get into it. Yeah. In November, and it was like, right, you were busy. So like, you didn't really get into it. And then like January, like, what about this podcast? What about this podcast? What about this podcast? Thanks, ADHD. Uh, it, it, it do be like that, though. Hey, I want to but... make a book club. Oh, the book club's accidentally a podcast. But it's cool. It's fun. I really enjoy it. And I've gotten more people to read. Do we want to talk about why we're making this podcast? It's like a final thought sort of thing. We're making this because we like TTRPGs and we wanted to talk more about the lore behind monsters. Because like a lot of people will use monsters without actually knowing or reading all of the history behind them. And there's lots of fun things you can learn about monsters when you look into them more. Like we did a test episode with Mimics. And there was a lot I learned during the research of that. It was like, wow, Mimics are kind of silly if you think about them. Mm-hmm. Like the whole perfume thing? Yeah. That there's wild. Parts of Mimics that were used as perfume. Which, nasty. Honestly, you know, nasty. What, we didn't really talk about this. What, what do you think that would smell like? I want to say snails, but I don't know what snails smell like. You're not wrong, but like, <laughs> I get... What do they smell like? Like, like slimy's not a smell. I feel like they would smell like salt water, but not like, but like gross salt water. Like musky salt water. Yeah. Like, kind of like it has like a lot of algae on it. Like gross river. There we go. Water. Mimics smell like gross river. And that's what people want to smell like. You can, you too can get perfumed to smell like gross, gross river. Yay. Just kill a yeah, mimic. That's the you fun see. stuff we get you to see. learn talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think too, just learning how to use their stories as a way to enhance your stories, basically. So being able to know the mythology and their histories might make it so you're able to create a more interesting encounter for your party. Yeah. And who doesn't like learning like the what myths and like real life stuff caused a creature to come to existence? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because there's so many things that are tied to like actual mythology or folk tales. Just like straight up ripped out of myths like uh, the Hydra, yeah. the Minotaur are just like actual like real life from mythology. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for listening to our first episode. And look, my mic sounds a lot better now. We are at Twitter at KMG Pod if you want to follow us there to get updates. We'll be releasing episodes every two weeks, so make sure to follow us and share us with a friend if you can. It really helps us grow. Keepers of the Monster Guild is created by Cole and Matcha. Our intro music was created by April O. Links for our socials and everything else will be in the episode description. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you later. Thank you.